Welcome to Mystics and Broomsticks podcast with Melanie Dawn and Tanya Ryan. Okay, so we're finally here. I I think we've been talking about doing this podcast since August. I think I asked you in like July or August. Yeah, yeah, because we were going to be proactive and you were going to have some recordings ready to go for September. And yeah, guess I did. Yeah, guess what I did not do. Um, I have with me today Casey Redpath. She is a dear friend and a phenomenal intuitive. Do you have a different name? Would you like is intuitive a good title for you or do you have something else you go by? No, I think that is perfect. It sums it up real nice. I know that you've wrote like because uh, you and I have related on that topic where it's like, hmm, this title doesn't like because people have asked me, they're like, are you a psychic? I'm like, I, I don't know. That feels... I don't know. Am I a psychic? Maybe. I don't know. But the t- the title feels weird to me. So I go to I go with intuitive usually. Um, but I now I won't deny psychic. Like if someone introduces me that way, this is Tanya. She's a psychic. I, I won't correct them now. I just smile along. So that's an I feel like that's like an evolution. But I know you've cycled through different titles as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I psychic, I Again, same as you, if someone introduced me as their psychic friend, I wouldn't, you know, correct them. I wouldn't deny it. Um, it does make me feel weird, but I don't I don't know why. I think it's just having that title is an expectation maybe to live up to, whereas intuitive feels like there's so many different things that that could mean. And I like that. It feels more flowy and free. And I see. That might be it, right? It's like a psychic. Someone's like, well, I'm predict the future then. Versus intuitive. It's like everybody's intuitive. It's just, you know, I charge people for money. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I've honed in on that particular skill. <laughs> well, I'm excited. So I here's I had this thought coming into this episode because you and I were talking about what we we're going to chat about for this episode. And I think it's so appropriately timed now that we are here at this time because It is like we're entering holiday season. There are a lot of people who get like a little break and we want to kind of talk. It's a nice, super chill chat about books. (laughs) Casey and I (laughs) have gotten into reading this year. Like not like we haven't read in the past. It's just we really read this year. Um, Casey (laughs) is an especially uh, accomplished reader based on our (laughs) year end tally by Goodreads. Uh, 80. Are you at 80 books this year? 79. 80 was my goal. I have one more book in the next two weeks. You'll do it though. You figure like one. Yeah. So 80 books. (laughs) (laughs) I did 42. I'm still proud of my 42. uh, Cause that means that's like almost a book a week. And I'm like, that's like, that's not bad. Um, And it's definitely the most books I've ever read in a year. Personally. I don't know if you've ever kept track of your reading. There's, I mean, I've always been a pretty avid reader. I went like years without reading, but definitely, no, I've never read this many books in a year ever. Well, there's there's new things that have made reading more interesting. Like book talk for me was really what started my interest um, in going, well, okay, so technically what started it was Shadow and Bone came out on Netflix. And I really liked season one and I knew it came from a book. And so I was like, oh, well, I... I I like love like we my husband and I we binged the series and I was like I want to know what happens so I went out (laughs) and got the book I read the whole first book and turns out they did season one really close to the book they did a really good job on season one and then um, I read book two book three and I was like this is really great turns out it keeps going there's like optional like there's so there's a trilogy then there's a duology and another duology and I just kind of kept going and when it was done I was like well like tear now what I want to keep going (laughs) Um, and it was my husband's idea. He's like, well, why don't you just find more books in the same genre? And then came Akatar. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so excited because we've got our friends on this train now. And uh nothing is more fun than getting obsessed with a book. So A Court of Thorns and Roses, if you haven't heard of it, it's by Sarah J. Mass. She's kind of like, it's like Twilight for 30-year-olds, really. Like it's yes. taking over in the same way that Twilight did. It became its whole, a whole entity of its own. Um, and it's, it's creating its own fandom and stuff. And the fandom is pretty cool. The books are like, I mean, there's better books out there in the world. Yeah. They're, but they're, they're very entertaining. 
<laughs> and the fandom is super fun. I feel like she created a really cool world and I really, really liked her characters. And anyways, that's when Casey and I started binging books together was I was like, Hey, read this. So I have someone to obsess <laughs> with this over. And then you read them so fast that I was like, yes, I have found my kindred spirit. And then you're like, actually just kidding. I'm going to read twice as fast as you twice as much as you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well I'm going to catch you every other book. <laughs> Pretty much I mean, how it like works out. Exactly. <laughs> But it has yeah. been fun reading with you because it's fun to be able to like chat about all the books and get into those like different fantasy worlds and have someone to bitch about stupid shit that happens in the book that we don't <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many books have I spoiled for you now that were just like the worst, like the crappiest books? And I would give you, I don't know what, like 15 minute long voice notes, summarizing it all with all of the things that made me mad. And then, but it's just so good because how often do you get to read a book and then get to turn to your friend and bitch about it or be excited about it and talk about theories? Like that is what is fun for me this year. It was so fun to read all these books with you and then like get on there and talk about it immediately. Or, you know, even if I had to wait a little bit, that was fine. <laughs> You know, it's just, yeah, that, that made it fun for me. I think, I don't think I would have read that many books if I didn't have someone to talk to about it. What I want to clarify for the people is that Casey would read a bad book and she'd be like, I can't recommend this book to you. It's not good. <laughs> and so she, so then she'd be like, can I just spoiler the whole thing? And I'm like, yes, hit me with the whole storyline, the good, the bad and the ugly. And it it has been fun to make fun of bad books. Like the crisscross applesauce, like that one still gets me. Casey yeah. read this book and the main character was described as sitting down crisscross applesauce, which is kind of cute, kind of quirky. But then it was described later, like the exact same way. And in a very like, it was like a, like a dungeon torture scene or something like that. And you're like, you know, you can just sit cross-legged. Does this author know that there are other ways to describe this? It's like, she is she, a she kinder. to the ground, anything. Yeah. Any, yeah. Crisscross there have, there's other options available. So what I was thinking about having in this conversation is, well, first of all, I want to talk about some of the books that we've read that we've really liked. Um, but I also wanted to make the connection um, because prior to this year, the books that I read, so I, I, I have been, I, I would say a pretty avid reader as well. Um, but I would read very almost exclusively nonfiction books. So I would either read a memoir or I would be reading like, like self-helpy type stuff or spiritually explorative type stuff. Um, and a lot of it was pretty intense reading or very cerebral reading. And what I think I have really loved about this year is that reading has been so fun. Like I found the fun in reading again and, um, Flexing my imagination in this way has been has been just such a I think it's just been really like almost like inner child healing. I could see that that I could see that being a thing. But even I don't know if that's a way to phrase it either. Like not to say I have any childhood wounds around reading. I just think that it's just fun to be able to dive into your imagination that way. But I personally have um, the belief that your imagination is very much linked to your, like the strength of your intuition. So the more you flex your imagination, the more you're going to notice your intuition can speak to you more easily. Uh, do you find that, like that there's a link between those two things? Yeah, absolutely. And I think even sometimes, um, I think we've talked about this before, so I think it's similar for you, but when I'll have like an intuitive hit come through sometimes it'll nudge me as like a personal experience that I ha I've had before. And I feel like with reading, it just opens the door to so many different opportunities for those like intuitive nudges to come through. Cause maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get a nudge about like something that happened to one of my favorite characters in my book. And I'll realize, Oh, she was going through this such and such time. And I can translate that to what I need to hear. And if I hadn't read that book, that nudge wouldn't have come through or maybe it would have come through um, in a way I couldn't have understood as easily. But um, yeah, I think it does. It does like flex that imagination. It flexes that intuitive muscle, even if it's not directly related. Yeah. 
No, totally. And then I think uh, what I've noticed too is the more I practice imagining characters and buildings and places and spaces, um, it almost makes it more vivid when I am sitting down with someone and doing a reading that my that those images, because that's um, a lot of the times that's how I uh, experience my intuition is like kind of in in my head images um, or like kind of how you described, like, or maybe a scene plays out from a book or a movie or my own life or whatever. Um, but I find that the more that I flex my imagination, the more I can, that, that scenery becomes more vivid. And if it's very vivid and it's very loud, then I am more likely to make sure it's coming out and it comes out more properly because it's maybe more detailed or it's more, you know, acute kind of information. But I agree with you as far as like, I think there's so much of our own personal experiences that come through in readings. I know you had one recently where you had just this kind of, you know, you had a friend talk to you about something and then mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden you're in this reading and this conversation's kind of like nattering at you and you're like, I don't, I'm trying to pay attention to my client right now. Go away. Random conversation <laughs> in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how timely these things can be. And then like, I've had that so many times where something happens to me and I'm like, that's weird or random or kind of like, it doesn't feel like it's relevant. And then all of a sudden, you know, a week or two later, I'll get a client and be like, Oh, <laughs> that's why I got that. <laughs> so I, you know, the empathy is a little stronger or I have more understanding, or maybe I had the tools to like overcome something about that situation or whatever. And then I can pass those along to the person in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. And even working through, like, sometimes we have experiences that happen to others or to ourselves that maybe we judge a little bit and we can't. So maybe in a reading, it lets us like overcome that judgment before um, we're, we've overcome the judgment before we get into the reading. So we have to experience it, um, go through it, work through that like the judgment, whatever emotions go with it. And then when we're in the reading, we can look at it completely from that intuitive standpoint and not in our brain. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, it's like, it almost takes some of that um, like cerebral processing out of the equation. So, cause I, I don't know what you, but I find my intellect can get in the way of a reading. Like if I'm thinking about things, it can actually work as like, it's like poking a spoke in bike wheels. Like it just slows me down um, versus if I don't have to think about it and I just trust the flow of information, then it, you know, comes out more smoothly, but perfect segue. Cause I was just about to ask you, how do you trust <laughs> it? Like when, when you have the stuff coming through, how do you know when you're speaking to things or when you're like, when, like how, if I was listening to this and I'd be like, Oh, well, you know, I have ADHD and I get lots of random like, <laughs> plugins all the time. Like, how are we discerning the difference between random, you know, squirrel moments in our brains versus like when that information feels like, uh, relevant, I guess, to the situation. That's a good question. Cause I sometimes struggle with it as I've, told you I had um just for an example I had a reading where I kept I the whole time while I was starting it I kept getting like twins twins multiples she is a mom of multiples and I heard it over and over and over and but it seemed so specific and it didn't really there was nothing really to say except that okay twins I get that I don't know what else to say right now I haven't even talked to this woman yet and then she hops on and I'm still hearing it like mention the twins multiples and then she tells me she has twin daughters and I never did say it and I wish I would have I wish I would have said hey do you have twins or I keep hearing twins multiples and I wish I would have just said that but um I think it was repetitive and it I think I I get random things pop into like sometimes pictures or thoughts or or things to say but if it doesn't stick if it just flows by um, if it doesn't come back up again, then chances are pretty good. It was irrelevant and maybe not for me or not for my client. If it's for myself, uh, it gets a little bit fuzzier. Uh, I find it easier to discern for other people than for my own self. Uh, shocking. But um, yeah, I think when it's when it's louder, um, I, 
it's hard to explain because sometimes like the pictures will come through my head as bigger or more vivid uh, and vibrant. And um, then I know, okay, that is relevant. That is something that I need to tuck away, even if it doesn't make sense. Um, Yeah, I think it's just, it's just trusting, knowing the difference between what is some, what is fleeting and what isn't. So the only way to know the difference is practice and sitting with the intuitive, like, I don't know, that one is always so hard for me because mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes I'm right. And sometimes I'm not <laughs> about what, what comes through. I think that that's like, that that's a, I don't know. I want to say that's kind of like a an endless practice really like uh, where we're figuring it out. I do like your incessant thing though. Cause I find that information for me is incessant. I also had an experience recently that was really interesting <laughs> and like the, Oh, I was, I was like, I caught the hint hard. So I did a reading for a woman on Friday and they have been trying to have a baby for about a year. Uh, they had a miscarriage and she's not overly worried about it she she works in nursing and she's uh she worked in like NICU and and um delivery and so she's got like a very she kind of knows a lot about the field she like for instance she just said she's like yeah statistically though uh having a miscarriage is very normal average high like you know she's like this is totally fine and she said um I guess like an, on an emotional level she said my husband struggled with this more than I did and I was like, okay, that, you know, so she's relatively pragmatic. Anyways, so we're getting, the, uh, I put her reading down and I immediately do see a kid for her. So I'm like, Whew, all right, great. We get, <laughs> I got good news out of the gate. <laughs> you are getting a kid. <laughs> they do come on their own fucking terms though. Uh, <laughs> sometimes like uh, something I've noticed with uh, conceiving kids is like, it's like the first, it's like the, like the first moment where they show you that you, they don't, you don't control them. Like you don't tell me when I show up, you don't, you don't get to choose when I arrive. And it's like the first chance for them to go, I'm not yours. I'm mine. I am me. And, uh, you know, thanks for being the housing system, but like, I'm, uh, not yours to control kind of thing. And, um, I think this can happen to non-controlling people too. I don't, I'm not just like calling out people that are controlling. It's just, it's just like the first little like lesson is just to be flexible and open and receptive to when your kid might choose to come. Um, anyways, so I'm doing this reading for her and I'm like, okay, phew. So I talk a little bit about this kid. She's got a, she's got a spicy, saucy little, little nugget on her hands. I think it's a boy. And I said, uh, you were really saucy as a kid and your kid is going to be saucy. Like you were saucy. So, you know, like good luck with that, you know? And, uh, she said that that sounded correct or sounded right. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I'm reading through and I'm like, okay, I think like I was getting like boy mom vibes. I'm like, I think you might have all boys, uh, which is, uh, I'm friends with her husband. And I was like, you need a daughter because you'd just be the best daughter dad ever. (laughs) He's just so, (laughs) um, but yeah. So anyways, uh, but the one part that came was this, this, uh, indicator to me was, I'm like, "Mm, I think she might have two more miscarriages or it's possible that she will. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to say that. So I kind of like skipped it. I just like went over. And then what was the other one I didn't want to say? There was basically two things I didn't want to say. And I'm like, oh, I'll come back to that. Mm, let's see. Maybe it means something else. Like I was like fully avoiding it because I don't want to tell this person who just had a miscarriage that she might have two more. Right. Um, I can't remember what the other one was. And so I, I, I'm sitting there going, I don't want to say that. And I don't want to say this other thing. And so I just stopped talking and I'm like waiting for more different information. They just, and they just stopped. They gave me absolutely nothing. And I was like, okay, (laughs) well, I guess the hint here is I have to say the thing that I don't want to say. So that's Mm -hmm. what I told her. Then I said, okay, it's possible that. Um, And so we just discussed that uh, it is possible that she could have a couple more losses and that there is a baby coming, but again, they're coming on their own terms. And, um, anyways, I hope that that is the case. And I, well, not the miscarriages part, but the baby and the miscarriage part felt like, um, that she had to, there was something that came up around. Okay. So when you're having a baby and I know you can like attest to this cause you have, um, a few kids, uh, your kids like, 
any lesson you learn with your kids is one you learn on full volume, top heat, like everything on the line, you know? And so I think with her, I'm like, I think you're just getting a bit more time to figure some stuff out before you have the kid. And then, because the other thing that happens too, is when we learn with our kids around, not only are we learning at top volume, full heat, but there's another person involved there. And whether our intentions are amazing or otherwise, we can affect them with our poor responses and bad choices and all that stuff. And so sometimes I think that there's like a chance to like for a little guy to, to be up there in spirit going like, Hey mom, like I'm coming, but Mm -hmm. I just need you to kind of like get at least a, like a, a little, you know, a pulse, a little touch on, on this technique or this, you know, have some coping mechanisms or whatever, um, before I come down so that you aren't hard on yourself so that you aren't hard on me that, you know, this can be like just a little bit smoother. So I told her too, that I think that the, the miscarriages were, were not necessarily a going to happen if she, um, it just looked like she needed some emotional, um, coping more emotional coping tools. Yeah. Um, to manage her feelings. And so I said, I I know that you say you're, you're like, you've dealt with this pretty logically. I think that that's very real, but I do think that you might want to just take some steps to process this just to make sure, (laughs) like, just to make sure that there's, you know, and I said, like, maybe it's writing stuff down, like journaling. Um, we came up with something else for her too. And I can't remember what it was, but it was very specific to her and something she was already doing. And she said, yeah, every time I do that, I cry. And I'm like, good one, good one for you then. <laughs> like that just, <laughs> It's working. So um, anyways, I digressed onto like a little baby story there. So I'm sorry about that. No, but I love that though, because I think too, sometimes uh, like, okay, if we go back to you, like, sure, that is, that has some psychicness to it, right? You predicted a little bit of the future for her, but it's not like you're just like, oh, hey, you're having a baby and possibly two more miscarriages. Okay, see you later. Have a great day. Thanks for your money. Um, you're going like, you're giving like your intuition, your guidance, like your spirit, the universe is helping these helping her with like, hey, this is some opportunities for you to gather some more tools. Here's how you do that. Here are like some ideas that are coming through. And so it is like this broad brush of, um, it's not just, you know, offering people some, you know, um, futuristic experiences and then moving on and being done with it. So I don't know. I, I like that there was um, more to it for her than just here's some things that might happen. Yeah, me too. Especially because I, all, all those like, um, so for instance, I've got, I'm offering up my annual, uh, tarot forecasts. And so what I do Mm -hmm. is you come in for the reading and I give you like a year long projection of what's to come. And, uh, they're so fun to do, but (laughs) I have, it's like, I have to trust the person to come back a year later and be like, did it work? (laughs) (laughs) everything is in the future like there's nothing that's like the now um the best you can get is you know I'll say something's gonna happen in August and then someone will be like oh yeah my daughter's getting married in August so that totally lines up with a wedding like the vibe of what I'm saying or whatever so forecasting is is one of it's almost one of my least favorite things to do because it's the one that it can't you can't validate it in the moment, I guess, but then it makes it my favorite thing when you validate it retroactively, but it's just people, you know, are, whether they come back, yeah, I have no control. Once they're out in the ether, they're gone. And so sometimes <laughs> they come back and tell me cool stories. And then other times they, I just never see them again. So and then that, you know, really flexes that trust, <laughs> that trust muscle. <laughs> it really does. Yes. But it is so fun. Little tip to all of our clients, please come and tell us because we yes. enjoy those stories. <laughs> Testimonials are our friends. Please, please give us those. Plus, they're fun. It just reminds me that magic exists, and that's just my favorite thing. Do you are yes. there any like prevalent myths about intuitive work or psychics or like is there anything in our little industry that you notice? Like I'm trying to think of any, I have like, there's like some tarot myths. Like you, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to buy your own deck. Have you heard that? No. 
Okay. So in the tarot world, there's this, I don't know who came up with this fucking myth because it actually resulted in tarot decks having to get locked away because people would steal them because you're not supposed to buy your own first deck. So people are like, cool, well, I can shoplift it then. I'm like, that is not, I don't think that's what they meant. It doesn't sound right. Yeah. No. So the myth I think is actually that you're supposed to be given a tarot deck, that you are not supposed to read tarot unless you're given a tarot deck, which honestly I think was just a way for people to kind of gatekeep a little bit. Um, because I definitely think you should pick out your own tarot deck because I think you can read a deck better when you like are excited about it. Like when you're excited to look at it and excited to hold it and see it. And if someone gifts you something and you know, they gift you like a Beetlejuice deck and you don't like Beetlejuice, then, you know, you're probably not going to read off that deck very well. Um, and then what's another tarot myths? There was another one. Anyways, we don't have to elaborate if there's none that come up. I was just curious if you had any that kind of graded on you. I think there's the one, I think you and I have talked about it before, but too, and it kind of goes into like the psychic readings, but you know, people think that, um, you know, when I do a reading and I try to really, um, emphasize this when I am reading future stuff, uh, for people, it's, there's not always just one timeline like I could see that you know because I think a lot of people get a reading and then they go oh well she was wrong because she said I was going to meet a man in December and I didn't meet him until April so you know that she was wrong (laughs) excuse me whereas like time in the spirit world for one thing is so wacky and it's so different than here like I I can sit and I can ask you know I can ask spirit I can ask my guides oh, is so-and-so, are they going to meet the man of their dreams this year? And I sometimes get a yes, or I get a no, or I get a maybe. (laughs) There's a lot. And it's not always straight and narrow. It's not always um, a clear yes or no answer. And uh, same with like, even just will this person meet somebody? It's not always clear. Sometimes there are multiple timelines or multiple avenues for them to get to that destination that they want to be at or that I can see them being at and that and it all comes down to like we all have free will um one little choice can set us down a different path and all we can do like the readings that that you do and I do it's like in the moment in that moment based on where you're at right now this is what it looks like here's a snapshot of what I see um but yeah there's so much that can happen between the reading and the moment that you want to experience (laughs) so that it it can be hard when you have people coming in with expectations that you're going to um, tell them something that is for sure going to happen at this time. And it's so many things can change that. So I feel like that is a lot of uh, pressure (laughs) as a reader. (laughs) I feel pressure. (laughs) I think people forget that, that uh, this is sometimes what I remind people when they want like a really hard answer. Um, is that people forget that they are a part of a, a, an entire network that's moving. And and so the analogy sometimes that I'll use is like, you can't put nine women in a room and have a baby in a month. Like, so even if you do everything you can to make sure that X, Y, and Z happen, sometimes you're not in charge of X, Y, and Z happening. Like you're just a part of the equation of X, Y, and Z. So you have to sometimes show up at the bus stop and wait for the bus to get there. Like, and you could change a thousand things and you'd still be sitting there having to wait for the bus to come pick you up. Like it's not always just something you can change as the individual. And then the other thing I like to, um, or what, like the way that it manifests in my head. So I do agree with multiple timeline, but the way that it sort of shows up in my head, very simplified, um, is almost like a weather forecast. Like Mm -hmm. I can get like, this is what I see is the most likely outcome. This outcome is likely should these factors be met. And then this is an unlikely outcome. I find I can usually get like a, here's what's probably going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's, and then there's some things that are certain, but they're still like, but yeah, then maybe it's like the when, like, I do think that that baby's coming. Um, cause it had too much personality to not show up. So But when, oh, I don't know. I don't know when the baby's coming. The baby's coming when the baby wants to damn well come, though. They're they're definitely that kind of baby. (laughs) You don't tell me what to do. (laughs) 
the only time I ever had like, like a really clear um, picture of a baby. And it was like a, it was one of my very first readings that I ever did. Um, so many years ago, um, she had come and she came for the reading. She wanted to know when she was going to have her next baby. They had been trying for a while. Both of her previous babies were in vitro babies and she was, they had an appointment booked for the following month. I think she saw me in December and they had an appointment booked for January to uh, go to the specialist again. And this baby came like roaring through, like this energy was so front and center and they were, I, I forget now what the circumstance was, why he hadn't come through yet, but he said, um, something, I think it was something to do with grief. This grief needed to clear from her. She needed to really feel uh, the grief of her uh, father passing before he could come through. There was just something in that, that he needed. And he's like, and now I'm ready to come through now. And I said to her, I said, I don't know why, but I feel like you're going to be pregnant here within the next month. I, I don't think you'll need the specialist appointment. I would keep it <laughs> just in case I'm wrong. But I said, if I feel like you'll be pregnant before the specialist appointment. And a week later, she texted me and said she got a positive pregnancy test and she ended up having a boy, you know, later that year. And so, but I was like, ah. but it was just like, that was a definite, there was, there was no questioning the timeline on that one because it was so strong. And obviously she probably was pregnant already when she came for the reading. She just didn't know it. That's <laughs> so, so very cool. cool. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I see a lot of babies and I'm like, this is backwards because I'm not a baby guy. So <laughs> they, they find me though. I don't know. I have had so many babies. It's actually been like weird and very cool. How many babies I have met in like spirit and then now know them as toddlers or whatever. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Like it's making me very confident in my ability to like call a baby. <laughs> so like, yeah. Do you notice like the personality of the spirit baby? Does it match the personality of the toddler once they're through? No. So not, not always. I don't know. Uh, so there's one case where I'm really observing because, and it's tricky. I saw this. So uh, I did see this little girl for a friend of mine. I saw this little girl and this my friend, this poor woman had just so many miscarriages and she was so disheartened. And she was like, I'm, I'm giving up. And I remember in my head, I was like, no, just one more, <laughs> try one more. <laughs> and so, but I'm trying to honor that she's had like a lot of, you know, it's, that's hard. That's and disheartening and, and emotional and painful and just, Oh, you know, and so I'm trying to honor that, but also want to be like, it's, she's coming. I don't know why she's not coming, but she is coming. And so I did talk about her and um, I have met her now. The thing is, is that, uh, people, kid, like toddlers. So she is, I think two and a half now and toddlers around like their people, like their home people versus like me, who's kind of a stranger, they're different. So it's really hard for me to say if she is how I pictured her, but how I pictured her was with curly, really, really blonde curly hair. And that she was kind of like a ham, like a, a performer and like, uh, you know, very much giving like youngest sibling kind of a thing. And so meeting her, I find her to be quite conservative, but there's a big, but here she is a Leo sun with a Leo rising, which, oh. <laughs> which is like, so the performer thing, I'm like, mm, like like maybe we haven't fully determined if that's a no because and I can't remember what her moon is her she might be a Taurus moon or um a Capricorn moon something like a little more muted as a moon and I'm like maybe she hasn't like found that performer yet but what is interesting is that like the way that I imagined her to be kind of silly and with the curly blonde hair and whatever is actually more like my son who's 18 months old he acts how I pictured her to act and I was like, oh, I wonder if I got some wires crossed there, you know, like if I had <laughs> his spirit kind of like, you know, around and maybe I kind of reached into the wrong, you know, image or energy at the time. I mean, but I knew she was coming still. I don't know how to explain that either. Like, um, but yeah, I'm watching for the personalities. But lots of them are still so little that it's, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to say. And I don't 
spend time with them. Like I know, like I'll know they have existed, that they came to the planet, but that, you know, I, especially if they're more like clients and less friends, my one friend, her baby, um, that I knew was coming, he is only 10 months, uh, at this time. And when I see personalities for babies, it's usually, I'm seeing them around three, like three to four is kind of when I'm, uh, that's what they look like, uh, to me look like, uh, you know, the, or the, they're sending the vibe of a, you know, three, four year old kind of a thing. Um, I'm just trying to think of the other kids that I've, uh, met in spirit that came to life I'd have to like make a list but at this point there has been a number of them and I think I was so far wrong about one gender and I can't do gender once the baby is in your body I'm out I don't know what gender that baby is but I can do it before they come um and I've been wrong about one gender but the interesting thing about that one was she had a miscarriage which I did not call she had a miscarriage and then had a baby and then it was the opposite gender the, of the one I said so there's like a p- possibility that the miscarriage was the gender of the baby that I predicted mm-hmm. um and then the other one I was wrong about um was my sister-in-law I saw her having this girl this little girl as their fourth kid but my brother-in-law has a vasectomy now i'm still counting that as pending (laughs) only (laughs) only because i saw her having this this little girl like when her her youngest kid was like five (laughs) don't tell her okay i'm it's actually not her she'd probably be cool but don't tell my brother-in-law he's like so done with kids but um (laughs) but yeah anyways but so there have been i have been wrong uh, but, uh, far less far. And so I'm, I, yeah, I'm starting to, I, I feel confident in my ability to predict babies now. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that confident, but they do, they do come through for me. I just haven't had it. All of the ones that have come through for me have been like in the future a little bit. And I was yeah. wrong about, so when my friend, um, when she had her second, I kept having dreams about her dropping off her little baby girl at my house and me and this little baby girl having like this great little relationship. And I mean, I'm close with both her boys, but her youngest is definitely a boy and not a girl, but I was so sure she was having a girl and I was very wrong. (laughs) I was like mine. My second one was supposed to be a girl. Like what happens there? They're just like, psych. Yeah. Just kidding. (laughs) Why did you do have different expectations? Okay, I'm going to like redirect this because um, I want to respect our time. But um, what I wanted to ask you, just going back to books. And yeah. um, so if if people, people, if you're wanting to get on the, the train of developing your intuition in the most like <laughs> passive way, that's so fun. It's to to get on some books. Like what would be out of the books that you've read? What would be your top if you were like, talking to someone who maybe hasn't read in a while or just doesn't feel excited about reading or they struggle with reading, what would be your top pick? You know what? Start here and call me, you know, it's like take one and call me in the morning. Where would you get them to start based off what you've read this year? I know it's because we already talked about it, but I would say the Akatar. Yeah. That one helped me. Like it was such an easy read. It's like the, you know, the trashy vampire diaries of book series, but it's fun it's exciting. There's like romance and there's fantasy world and elements. Um, I would say that one, especially if you like all of those things. Um, the other one that was really good was, oh, <laughs> well, fourth wing. That's also for all of the same reasons that we yes, just yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Those ones. And, um, actually the bridge kingdom book series was really fun too. I that was book- so excited when I found out the bridge kingdom author is lives in Calgary Yes. I emailed her. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't. Or No, you didn't. And she replied. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. Okay. So Bridge Kingdom, I totally second that. I really enjoyed reading Bridge Kingdom and I like how she formatted it. So if you're um, intimidated by series length, like having a lot of books to read, Bridge Kingdom is two duologies. So you don't, you could read two and just, you know, peace out, or you could read the next two or you could read them like Casey read two and then she took like a break and then she read the next two um Mm -hmm. I read them kind of all in a row 
uh but yeah it's it's one of my favorite series is, and the woman that wrote them is a Calgary based author, which I thought was really cool. And I think, I don't know, I'd have to like research her background a little bit, but I think she took off on TikTok and then now she has a publishing deal. Like she did all, so she had all this indie publishing and then now she's going to be, cause this latest book, she's putting out a new book in February called a fate inked in blood. Um, and it's through penguin publishing. Wow. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Well, I did see, I saw a TikTok just today, I think. And it was another series that she wrote. It must've been maybe her first series. And maybe it's like a YA young adult um, series. I think it's called the dark storms or dark. Oh, yeah. Storms, and something like that. Apparently you can read those. So there's two of them. I don't know if she's doing more, but there's two of them and you can read them in either order. Apparently they oh. don't. They don't, it doesn't matter which one you read first. And she also has, uh, which I've seen less of her, but I've, um, I'm reading the second one now. The first one is YA and it's, it doesn't read super YA though. It's kind of like Crooked Kingdom and Six of Crows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called a song, Stolen Songbird. That's what it is. Oh, yes. Stolen Songbird. And then I don't know how many books are in the series, but I think it's done. I think it's three books. I think it's a trilogy. Okay, so you would say a Court of Thorns and Roses series. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fourth Wing series. We've got two books released so far. We're waiting. There'll be a third next year. So as long as you can handle the wait. And then Bridge Kingdom series, which I do. Yes. And I, I would actually probably also recommend all of those ones exactly. because Especially if someone <laughs> is like getting into books. Because I feel like... Um, especially fourth wing is just so instantly engaging. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that was something bridge kingdom did really well as well is like the first two chapters, three, you're like <laughs> stuff's going on. Like things are happening. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, okay, <laughs> like right into it. Much. It's exciting. It's not like the, uh, what's that? But Crescent city book where there's just not a lot of things thrown at you in bridge kingdom. There's a lot of action. But you don't yeah. have to think too much. You don't have to wonder about where are we in the world? What's going yeah. on? Who is that person that was just introduced? Like they, she did a really good job of yeah. starting out the series. And um, I do really love like, you know, I love the Throne of Glass series as well. But that one is so hard to recommend, except I recommended it to you because I need you to read it. Like as a series, it is so great. The whole thing all together. Wonderful. Only it's 4,000 books long. And that's... <laughs> So many books. Yeah. I have read three and I'm not even halfway through the series. So yeah. I'm, I'm, but I will, I'm getting there. I'll work on it. I might have my own opinions on which ones you should just look up the spoilers too. Cause I found the first three books to be kind of dry. Um, they are. And that's why it's hard to recommend it. Although the, uh, the one we just finished the assassin's blade, I skipped that the first go around and I would recommend skipping it. Although that do not say that on book talk and because the fandom will come at you if you say that you're you skipped a book they will they do not like that at all so you have to keep those opinions to yourself (laughs) Sarah J Mass fandom is enthusiastic well here's here's my then you know hot take on uh A Court of Thorns and Roses I almost DNF'd that book uh sorry and that's book talk lingo for did not finish like do not finish <laughs> did not finish um i almost ditched out on that book cuz i th- i found it just so boring now so what i tell people when they read that one is i'm like just hang in there until you're like 75% of the way and if you you know if you hate it or you're not interested by that point then then you can you can like let it go but 70 the last 30% of the book i found to be the best of the book and yes. then I really enjoyed the second book. Um, mm-hmm. The third book was just a slight step down. Uh, the fourth book was a waste of time. Like literally mm-hmm. don't read it if you need anything that has a plot. The fourth book is for <laughs> fun. Okay. If you read and you want to have fun, great. Read the fourth book. If you don't have time for that, then just skip it. You won't miss anything. And then go to the fifth book. And the fifth book is is a good time. <laughs> the fifth book is really fun because it introduces or we get to hear more of our favorite character. Yes, there's there's just you know some variation. Um, okay, so that's we've got some main recommendations. And is there anything you'd be like, stay away from this is a waste of your time. Stay away from this book. Mm. Well, if you are on Book Talk and you see 
the viral sensations that there sometimes are because every once in a while on book talk there are books that come up and they get this big hype and they make you 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 read the reviews and you watch the videos and they make you want to read them and it it almost you almost get FOMO from not reading them right in that moment and the one that hooked me was uh that what is it called how does it how does it feel and so there was this review of this woman reading the last little bit of this book and her reaction was so big and she like threw the book and she went back and grabbed it and reread the section and she was like oh my god and like it was just such a huge reaction and then I kept seeing more of these videos of these people having this huge reaction to the end of this book and I thought I need to read this I need to read this right now and then uh the first few chapters I'm going I don't like this character at all (laughs) I don't like anything about this book and I read I think I want to say like 30% of the way through and I couldn't do it it was so terrible this was the crisscross applesauce book so that drove me nuts the way she described the main character being like the most beautiful woman in the world but you know I don't wear makeup because I anyways it was just it was terrible the writing was bad the story was bad and then I ended up looking at the ending and it was it didn't even make sense I mean yeah it was a twist but it didn't make sense to what was going on and it was terrible. I absolutely do not recommend that book at all, ever. Don't waste your time. <laughs> Thank you. See, you're doing you're doing the Lord's work here by telling us what not to read. This is this is what you need. You need to get a book bestie who will read twice as many books as you so that you don't have to waste your own time on shitty books. And that's why we're friends. That's right. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I see, I don't even have any strongly don't recommends because I just don't finish the book, which you're improving upon. I am. I am no. doing better. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I think my highly recommend series would be, even though uh, I, I've heard really lukewarm reviews about Shadow and Bone, uh, mm-hmm. the trilogy, I really loved it. That whole series was like such a comfort. Like I think that's a comfort read for me. I just, and and I would dare to say like you know, Shadow and Bone gets lukewarm reviews, but most people agree that Crooked Kingdom and Six of Crows is, and I said those backwards, you read Six of Crows first and then Crooked Kingdom. Most people agree that that's a solid read. So I would safely recommend those. I find, I found the the Six of Crows was just a little slow, like to get into it. Like you might kind of need to like, you know, grit your teeth because it's not pretty fantasy like so a court of thorns and roses is like very pretty fantasy and i don't know sometimes those of us with like really girly girly imaginations like to go into you know pretty forest scenery or whatever um whereas six of crows is a little darker um and it's a little more yeah just not as aesthetic i guess um but uh, the content of those two books was just like oh so good really enjoyed um, the, the Grisha verse is what they call it. It's Lee Bardugo. Um, and I really enjoy Lee Bardugo as an author. I think something she's really good at is, um, I was always really impressed by Lee Bardugo's action scenes because I felt like I could just like hear things. I felt like I could, I was like in it, like it just felt so vivid to me. And I just thought that was so impressive. Um, and so that, that really shone, I felt in the Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom series so other than ones we've already said because bridge kingdom is actually really high on my list these days like i just really bridge kingdom itself like the first book in the bridge kingdom series is the bridge kingdom and it's very like tropey and very predictable so it's kind of like you kind of got to like get through it but if you don't care if you're like yes i know where this is going but i'm enjoying the ride that's how i felt and then the second book was not predictable i found i didn't know where it was going what was going to happen i found it to be like constantly twists and turns and constantly had my attention and I just really really enjoyed um that series and then I just kind of kept going with it because I enjoyed it so much so that would be I would just basically yeah double down on your recommendations and just add in my own two cents there and then add the Grisha verse because I liked and I liked all of them there's two more after the the Six of Crows duology is the King of Scars and the King of Wolves and I liked yeah I liked it all I was here for it yeah, those ones I haven't read yet, but that is on my list. I've read uh, The Shadow and Bone and The Six of Crows duology, but not The King of Scars, which it is on my list because I did enjoy both of those, um, The Shadow and Bone and Kingdom. 
And those are YA, but they don't read like YA. Like they don't read yeah. like I actually had to a I had a hard time actually picturing. So uh Kaz Brecker, the main character in Six of Crows, is like kind of um what do we like like not mafia? What do we call that? Like a mob man? I don't know. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Correct me because yeah. there's I can't think of the name. Anyways, he's he's got this like reputation and he's supposed to be 17. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, but no one at 17 has this reputation. <laughs> so I just like aged him up in my head. I was like, everybody is approximately 25. <laughs> that was just I just they don't talk about their ages that much. It's fine. I just aged everybody up to 25, and then I was like fine to read it. <laughs> um yeah. Yes. And I don't know if we should have content warnings on. So, uh, Akatar, Fourth Way, <laughs> Bridge Kingdom, those ones are going to have a little bit adult content, uh, which I feel is a, a value add. But if it's a deterrent <laughs> for you, just know in advance. And then, uh, Crooked Kingdom, Six of Crows is YA. So there's no, there's no hanky panky in those ones. Not the whole series, Shadow and Bone and the King of Scars. There's no, there is no hanky panky. Um, <laughs> At, uh, actually i even think the first bridge kingdom book there's not really i don't think there's anything no, there's not much. writing home about on that one just a little bit of like alludes to um do you have anything um that you're promoting over christmas for readings or sessions um well not really i do have a lot more more time because i do i do work full time so my availability has narrowed down quite a bit over the last year but I have a week off over Christmas so I will be opening up a lot more sessions um I will get better about posting <laughs> those things on social media but um yeah I have more a little bit more availability than I normally would over the Christmas break so if I'm going to follow you on Instagram what's mm -hmm. your what's your at um it's I think it's just my name. I should know this off my heart, but uh, Casey.redpath is my awesome. Instagram. Mm -hmm. And do you have a website that anyone can go to if they want to creep you or book online? What's your website? Also, CaseyRedpath.com. Nice and easy. Love Keep that. Keep it simple. Oh, <laughs> so nice when people do that for our overwhelmed brains these days. Right. And do you offer gift, gift certificates? I do. Yes. I actually just sold one today. So, um, yeah, I can have them emailed to you so you can print it off or I can just send an e-gift card as well, right from the website. So super nice. happy. Okay. Well, I can't recommend Casey's readings enough. They're awesome. She's like, I, and for the record, so before I knew Casey as my friend, I was just a fan of her work. <laughs> <laughs> so I got some readings done by Casey and then we just kind of like became friends, which is really Casey's fault that we're friends. Thank you. <laughs> blessings for that because I don't know if I would have made that happen so good for you for making it happen it's right. like it's like when you're in you did the thing like when when you know we're in school on the playground you were like do you want to come play with me and I was <laughs> like yes I do yes, please. <laughs> I actually forgot about that it's been so long I forgot yeah. how it's been but yes <laughs> the origin story of the Casey and Tanya friendship that has grown into the binging book club series <laughs> <laughs> oh, which well, is my favorite book club ever <laughs> well, any excuse to talk books with you. Thanks for coming on the podcast to nerd out about books on here. Of course, anytime. We could like nerd out all the time. We have so many topics. We could just like talk about all the bad books one day too. But <laughs> Oh man, I know. Okay, well, okay, new year and new new book recs, guys. We'll we'll meet up again and give you some more suggestions. We'll see if we get any feedback on what we offered and if people get on get on board. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mystics and Broomsticks podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out uh, via email, mysticsandbroomsticks at gmail.com, or we are on Instagram at mysticsandbroomsticks. Of course, you can reach me personally too at Tanya Ryan XO. Peace in, peace out.